Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Droppe Gaming Podcast. Oh! We're excited again. We're back. We're in your ear holes. Jeez, it's been a long time since it we has. It has. And we're loving it. We've got more games to discuss. Uh, and we've got some updated news about the PS5. Um, yes. So uh, it's Sunday. Release. It's Sunday. So Thursday was when the uh, PS5 showcase happened, and we recorded. And we recorded last. Yeah, on Friday. Uh, did we record on Friday? Mm. No, we recorded on Thursday yeah, that afternoon. Yeah, and posted the episode on Friday. So this one's pretty fresh. Mm. Um, but we've got a bit of an update on how that PS5 stuff went. So first of all, by the time we finished recording. Literally everywhere was sold out. Yeah. Pre-orders. Yeah. There was none. And I think early the next day or late that night, EB just cut off all pre-orders altogether. Not just yeah. for... Like, they sold out all the launch shipment within probably an hour it or was, two. Yeah, it would have been a couple of hours from opening it. Yeah, and then they insane. were like... Pre-order I mean, we don't know how many this is. Yeah. But presumably there's a lot. Yeah. So then they said pre-order for 2021 shipment, and then they cut that as well. Yeah. So, so within about 15 or 16 hours, yeah, they'd sold out of launch stock and 2021 stock. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, from what I've been reading, the situation in America was even worse. Mm. People were like, there's IGN staff that have written things being like, I was on the Best Buy website for two hours trying to buy one. And mm. then it ended up coming up saying none available. Wow. They were like load times and like all that bullshit waiting. Yeah. So we actually got pretty lucky here, mm. but uh, obviously the market share, the lion's share of the market share for the PS5 is America. That's right. So, um, yeah. you know, they booked 60 charter flights to send the units over there to make sure there's enough there. And they I wonder how out. many that is. Yeah. Like You'd fit a fuckload on it, like a Boeing 747 or whatever they're flying yeah. over there. It Unless they just full. got a bunch of those like little um, Cuban cocaine planes. <laughs> Yeah, like I think they were big ones. ones. The, the info's out there for what planes they got. I'm pretty sure they were big ones. Oh, so if okay. you chocked them full, that'd have to be multiple millions. Yeah. Surely the American market, you'd think they'd get like three. If Assume, say, by launch, the seven million units ready for sale. Mm. You would think that America would get like four million of those. Australia that seems like gets, a pretty good assumption. Australia probably gets 250,000, maybe. Yeah, if that. Um, across all retailers, Europe yeah. would get 3 million easy. Mm-hmm. Two or th- I mean, the whole of Europe compared to America. Yeah, that's right. I reckon they almost, you'd almost, maybe it's 4 million for Europe and 3 million for America and then dregs for everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. You know, Japan gets some as well, but I think the, obviously the logistics of getting them to Japan is a bit easier. Yeah. It's a bit easier. Yeah. But then they came out and sent a tweet. Yeah, which I found very interesting. Like, Twitter's not the hugest ground for, you know, breaking news. Yeah. That's real. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless you're the president, I think. Mm. Isn't he the only one that uses Twitter now? There's anyway. a lot of fucking people on Oh, there. yeah, probably. Is. I'm surprised. I saw this tweet and then I logged onto the PlayStation blog yeah. and there was no post about it. Wow. So, presumably, it's coming. But, mm. like, this tweet was... Seven hours ago now. Yeah. So it's going to start hitting the news cycle yeah, pretty that's quickly. Right. But basically they said, uh, 
This is the tweet from the official PlayStation account. Let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have gone could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more details. And more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. Which is interesting. Yeah, so, I mean... Does it mean they have a stockpile and they were artificially trying to suggest there'd be you know, a, a bottleneck or a you know, lack Shortage, of yeah. yeah. It's interesting because from the outside, if you don't think about any of the logistics of it... Mm you think it goes from them having them to them selling them. Yeah. You would go, well, obviously, if you've got them to be able to add them on for extras, for pre-orders, mm. then you must have had them, so you've artificially created a shortage. Yeah. But on the flip side, like we said, they've chartered 60 flights to carry bulk PS5s to America. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the allocations that they allowed for retailers were conservative, allowing for any delays in shipping and stuff like that from mm-hmm. from Japan. Yeah. Um, so the answer is, say it gets to like the end of October, they can load up a couple of extra planes to fly to different places or whatever mm. and yeah. get more units. But those units would have been units that would be for sale from November to like March for that first batch. That's right. So if they push them forward and sell them at launch, then the shortage comes eventually because there's only one factory that's making PS5s. It runs, it's like a Sony-owned factory, like all automated, little robots building shit. They can only do so much and they can't just open another factory with all the same fucking robots and equipment. It'd take time. I I just yeah. don't think not in three financially months. there wouldn't be any need for it because yeah, it's eventually only that, first. that one factory is going to be able to keep up with supply exactly yeah so yeah. maybe they dial back supply of PS4s which are made in the same factory yeah but you still have to have the actual like physical oh, robotic yeah. equipment and, yeah. to build the units yeah that's right um, so it stands to reason that there's going to be a shortage eventually. So these ones that they release, depending on how many they release, they, I mean, they'd have to release a shitload to make everyone happy. Oh, yeah. Because the number of people who missed out. That's so pretty pissed off. The really shit thing was that Sony officially said earlier, there was that rumor a couple of weeks ago where it was like, pre-orders are going to open tomorrow. And I yeah. was like at work refreshing the EB site just in case <laughs> and refreshing the Twitter just in case. Mm-hmm. And then they came out and said, don't worry, that's bullshit. We promise we will give you time. We'll give you notice ahead of pre-orders. And then they did the showcase and it was supposed to be, the official response from PlayStation was pre-orders will open tomorrow after the showcase. Yeah. And then Walmart tweeted, make you wait for a PS5. That's not like us. Pre-orders open now. And then Mm. all the other people fucking put theirs on on sale early too. Yeah. So then it all sold out like straight away and everyone's pissed because they're like, there's people who were literally at work not following the news and they get home and go, oh, the PS5 date got revealed, pre-orders got opened and Mm. they're sold out already. Great, thanks. And there'd be a lot of those people. Absolutely. And their complaints are absolutely fair. Yeah. You know, Mm. like the only reason I got a pre-order in was because I literally was sitting there watching the showcase and then I was checking. Mm. You know, and we're like clued in. Yeah, that's you right. You know, I know what none of my friends got one mm. except for like Carl. Yeah. 
but that doesn't count either because he's in the same boat as me. But like my friends who are normal fucking people <laughs> who are keen to get a PS5 all missed out, co-workers yeah. and stuff. And to be fair, I told my bank mates and exactly. they fucked up. <laughs> but still, like it's a bit shit to drop that on people. And whereas Xbox have come out and been like, hey guys, don't worry about any of that. We will definitely let you know the exact time when pre-orders open. And mm. you can guarantee that Xbox would have been onto the retailers and like Walmart and said, if you try that shit, yeah. it will end badly for you. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they have the power of Windows, exactly. all of everything, Xbox, all the Microsoft shit. Mm-hmm. You don't want a pretty big company. You so don't want Sony, but yeah. 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 It's already say, happened. Yeah. They yeah. can say, well, if you don't agree to yeah. holding out until this date, we won't allow you to fucking sell it. Well, it's basically on par almost with breaking launch of yeah. any game. Yeah. And there's massive fines in that. Mm. You know, like if they can pinpoint the store that it yeah. broke broke the, you know. Street. And yeah. it sounds like Walmart Especially just in America, did it. You know? you'd, get, you'd be opening yourself up for a massive lawsuit. Yeah. And you don't want to be getting sued by Sony or no. Microsoft. Like, I assume yeah. someone at Sony fucked up by not like, mm. I think there was a little bit of movement in there. Where it was like, if you want to, you can. Yeah. Which is a terrible fucking thing to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, or at yeah. the same time, if it was a thing of, you know, just do it. Yeah. You know, then yeah. that's, it's pissed a lot of people off. And exactly. that's not what Sony's about. As yeah. A company. It makes them look yeah. bad yeah. from a consumer point of view. Mm. And, um, and there's no knowing how many units have been sold. Mm. And then now they've fucked up their whole launch plan because they have to move units that would have been... Yeah. later on because exactly. you could still sell units at launch and have more arrive in a shipment prior to Christmas yeah, yeah. so now do they bring the Christmas ones forward and there's none at the at in Christmas. between November yeah. and Christmas or mm. do they bring them all forward and there's none in January yeah you know if um, uh, Horizon Forbidden West or God of War 2 or whatever whenever they come out they're 2021 mm. They need to ensure that they have units for sale when That's those right. games come out yeah. as well. Because there will be, you know, packages. Yeah. You know, buy the console yeah, bundles, you know, bundle, get a skin or whatever. Yeah. Um, Particularly like God of War, because Horizon is PS4 as well. Yeah. So. You know, that's what a lot of the people that I've talked to have said, oh, I missed out on a PS5. And then you go, well, Spider-Man, Miles Morales and Forbidden West are both going to be on PS4 anyway. So they're like, well, that's, I mean, it's not as good as playing on a PS5, but it's, at least you're not missing out entirely. That's right, yeah. Whereas God of War surely is going to be PS5 only, hopefully. They're going to have to bring out one of their big titles and that's the one they've revealed as a PS5 only title to push any other people on the fence to just go and do it. Exactly. And to buy it. So they, they will have to do that. Yeah, yeah, but like it's a, it's a, uh, there's there's no further news from EB or anyone about how that's going to work here yeah. or even if Australia is going to get any more units. Mm. You know, I'd be interested to know what a small market like Australia, like America has 15 times, 15 or 20 times more people in the whole country than Australia has. Yeah. It's like 350 million compared to 24 million. 27. Whatever. Yeah. But it's a big difference. Like though. the number of people yeah. here that are buying a PS5 at launch for seven hundred and fifty dollars mm. in the midst of COVID. Yeah. Like Exactly. It's I'd love to know the numbers. It's mm. you could probably work it out, but it'd take a bit of like market research, I reckon, to find yeah, out who would have so. bought one. Yeah. But um yeah, 
I'd be interested to know, like, what difference would like a hundred thousand extra units into Australia make? You'd take it. That surely would cover pretty much all the hardcore people mm. that were like fully keen to buy yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, so it's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a sort of it's a that's one of the ones that we'll keep following over the next like eight weeks until the launch of oh, PS5. Of course. Yeah, but um, yeah. and probably after that as well. Yeah, but anyway, we're, we're going to jump into a couple of games that we've been playing. Yeah, we've got a bloody work got a, through this yeah. backlog of we've games got a couple of them. That's for sure. Um, so Matt's been playing Kingdoms of Amalur: The Re-Reckoning. Re-Reckoning. Yeah. Right. So I think I mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast. I, we originally reviewed this back in 2012 and we were still doing written reviews on the website. Mm. So I could revisit my notes on that one. Yeah, re-revisit. <laughs> Re-revisit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we reviewed it back in 2012. I gave it a four out of five back then. So I'm not going to go too much into it because it's an eight-year-old game, but it basically was um, teed up to be this like amazing new fantasy game series um, with, you know, they got R.A. Salvatore, who's a well, really well-respected fantasy novelist mm-hmm. and author. Like, he wrote all the official Dungeons & Dragons novels. Um, they got the guy who did Spawn, Todd McFarlane. Yep. He did, he was like lead, do, like, art designer or something, art director. Mm-hmm. And then they had this fucking primo... Um, audio guy do all the soundtrack and shit it was like an all star cast from a game development point of view to make this amazing game Um, and then the company went bankrupt and they they had all these awesome people yeah I think it was Rhode Island in America that they based themselves and the state gave a big loan to the company to be like yeah cool let's have this as a Mm. Rhode Island fucking thing to bring a bunch of money and shit in yeah and it all went pear-shaped and fucking went bad. And it was like a grand plan. It wasn't anything sinister. It was yeah. just, you know, the, the way, way the happened. cookie crumbles. Yeah. And so the game was originally designed to be a MMO and then it got changed into just a single-player fantasy game. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think there was plans to do, you know, sequels and make a whole big thing like a Elder Scrolls-type oh, franchise yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. And then they went down the shitter... Uh, it got, I think it got published by EA and then it just went off the radar, nothing, nothing doing yeah, well. So eight years later, THQ Nordic picked it up and they did this remaster mm. and I'm really actually hopeful that this remaster is like a platform for them to make sequels and yeah. use the property. Mm-hmm. Um, the game, the remaster itself it's basically it's a pretty simple remaster they've fine-tuned some stuff in the background um like leveling and and things like that have been tightened up but the as per most remasters it's just a bit of a graphical improvement Mm -hmm. the character models still look pretty dated as though it you know you look at it and go oh that's an mmo like if you played world of warcraft or any of those sort of mmos Mm -hmm. the even final fantasy 14 and stuff like that the way the models walk and like they're a bit more blocky kind of like skyrim style graphics Mm -hmm. um which looks a bit dated but the environments Mm -hmm. and stuff really look gorgeous in the remaster as well for their for the art style it's not like you know comparing to fucking 
major realistic fantasy games. Yeah. But like for the art style that they were going for, which is very much like that World of Warcraft style. Okay. Sort of yeah. semi cartoony. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest issue with the original game was the inventory management. So you would just end up having fuckloads of stuff in your inventory and you'd spend heaps of time yeah, sorting it through it and dicking yeah. around and shit. Mm-hmm. Which is like, it's like a thing from the time, you know? Yeah. And people have eventually realized that they don't want to spend all their time fucking trawling yeah. through a fucking inventory. So. That's definitely a bit dated in how that all works. And you do end up spending a fair amount of time fucking around with all of that instead mm-hmm. of exploring this beautiful world, you know. And it's not just the art style that makes the world great. It's like that world was written, all the lore for it and everything was written by that guy, R.A. Salvatore. Wow. So it's That's like a pretty fully pretty built world yeah. with backstories and history and all that kind of stuff. And it's really, really well done in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely still maintain that the world and the story in the game are worth experiencing for yeah. anyone who's a fan of RPGs and fantasy. Um, yeah, yeah, that again. And um, yeah, with the, the story, if you focus on the main story and don't get too sidetracked, you can finish the game in about 30 to 40 hours. So it's not too That's much. not too bad. For an RPG, it's yeah. not too much of a major commitment in mm-hmm. time. Um of course, if you're a completionist, you could definitely draw out up to 100 plus hours on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I gave the original a four out of five. I'm only going to give this one three and a half out of five because although the game is still really, really good, it definitely feels dated. Mm-hmm. And in comparison to you know similar stuff that you can play now, it's um, it hasn't held up quite as well as it could have. But yeah, like I said, I really hope THQ Nordic make... Get enough sales, really, to encourage them to make a yeah, whole new sequel one. and follow it up and and expand upon the world because it was really, really good. Oh, good. So, yeah. So, definitely half. worth a, a check out there mm. as a remaster. If you haven't played the original one, mm. definitely have a look. If you have, you could probably check it out if you're a really big fan of it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to touch on it quickly. Uh I had a bit of a go of Immortal Realms Vampire, Vampire Wars. Wars. That's a long name. It is a very long name. Um, I'm not 100% sure of this, but I believe that the Immortal Realms was a, originally an old card game or something. Um, yeah, right. I, I've, in, in doing some, um, you know, some backstory kind of uh, reading on this, I've come across a few different things, but they don't touch on it a lot. So, anyway, that aside, mm-hmm. um, uh, the it, it's a Swedish developer called Palindrome Interactives. Interactive, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is their first game. So, they're a small little group. Yeah. Um, and they've actually made a really good, really solid game. Um, it, it's always, you know, with, with companies that have been around for a long, long time, they have that history. You kind of know what to expect. So yeah. they fall into almost a bit of a yeah, like a, like a, a pigeonhole almost yeah. of what they do. Yeah. Um, so when a new developer comes along and they're a small group and they've got some new ideas, us in you know this kind of you know, reviewing type industry yeah. get a little bit 
funny about it, going, okay, what's going to happen? Is it going to be stable? You know, like hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, but also understanding how difficult it is to make a game, you often think, well, fuck, it's going to be a piece of dog shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe not that harsh, but, you know, yeah. from our point of view. But uh, Palindrome Interactive's done a really good job of this game. Mm. Um, I didn't really come across any bugs or anything. Like, it, it runs pretty smoothly. Every now and again, there's little things like cut off of voice, you know, character talking uh, and yeah, things like, like audio that. audio issues and stuff. Yeah, but nothing game-breaking, which yeah. is really good. Um, Just mildly frustrating. Yeah, and it's really, a, you know, here yeah. or there kind of you know, thing. Yeah. Um, but Vampire Wars is a, a, a turn-based strategy game. They've added a lot of elements from other games as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so there's some you know card game elements tossed into it. There's, is it like uh, turn-based strategy, like with like entire armies, like Age of Empires style? Not on that kind of scale, but yeah. it, it's very similar in a way. Like if you like Total War, but on, yeah. a, on a smaller scale. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you like civilization, mm-hmm. there's also that kind of empire building side of it as well. Yeah. On a smaller scale. Yeah. So you know, going up against those titles, they're big fucking titles. They've yeah, been around yeah. for a long time. And, is well established. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And, and their whole world, you know, this is, uh, it's, it, it, the, the styling of the map is very much like a Transylvania type thing because yeah. it is vampires. So yeah. they've nailed that. It looks mm-hmm. fucking spectacular. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and there's basically three factors that you can choose from in the, in the game. So you've got the, the Draculia. Oh. Um, so you've got that. Then the, um, and excuse my, uh, my vampirish. Vampire, exactly. Vampirese. <laughs> there is uh, Nosforanas, oh. which I believe is the. Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Why am I saying it like that? I don't know. It's Nosferatu, mate. Yeah, mate. Nosferatu. And then you've got um, Moroa. Mariua or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah. What and, about and the that's... Cullens? No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> they just get beaten because they're pussies. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're too busy doing the hair. They were in it real early on, but they just got eaten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they got torn to pieces. <laughs> wow. They're like, look, we glitter. And it's like, yeah, we can see you and mm. you can't hide. You shit sh- in war. Exactly. <laughs> So that's that. Uh, <laughs> but it's interesting, this game. So you've got, like I said, you've got the the multiple different facets of what most games are put into one. Yeah. So your cards, you use those for uh, skill upgrades and, and casting magic and all that kind of crap. Um, there's, you know, the, the turn-based style of wandering around maps and, you know, taking over different territories and regions. Yeah. Um, the interesting kind of part of that is that as you grow your, you know, your factors, your factions kind of territory, um, mm. there's a currency involved which you use for upgrades and, and purchasing other things. Um, yeah. It's more to do with, it's like a, a mana kind of thing. So you, oh, yeah. you take over territories and you earn blood mm. as your currency. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, exactly, which is <laughs> kind of cool. And you've got to say, the blood. Yeah. You know, get the blood. Um, <laughs> Don't drink it. 
Yes. We need that to we buy that. things. <laughs> That's right. Um, so you use that for casting cards and spells, um, you know, for interacting with other you know creatures and yeah. and lots of different things. That's like the the currency of the actual yeah. gameplay instead of just purchasing upgrades and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Um, it's not a, a huge huge game. Mm. Um, I've seen. Anywhere from about twenty-five to thirty-five hours for a full playthrough. Mm. Um, Not bad if you love strategy games and you want to try something new, or if you love yeah. vampires. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also like the the ability to zoom in and out and things like that during battles, and um, you know the the tile system that they use for the turn base is yeah. it's a lot smaller than in a lot of other games in. I don't know. It's kind of like um, if you were if you were doing a battle on a like a chess board. Yeah. You know that kind of size will fit maybe you know a regiment of characters on one block, and a block might have like anywhere from one character depending on their strength up to six or eight characters. So, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's good fun. I've enjoyed myself playing it. Um, there's a couple of other bits that I haven't touched on, so I'm not going to really talk on them, but there's a, um, a build your own maps to battle on in skirmish, uh, yeah. um, which you know, would be quite, quite interesting if you've got the time to actually, you know, develop a map. Yeah. It's there for good. like multiplayer. Yeah. Stuff yeah. Like that. So there's skirmish, um, there's a, a full, like I said, a sandbox area, uh, campaigns. Um, yeah, there's lots of different ways to play this game, which is pretty good. Hmm. Um, and in total, the story itself has 12 missions, um, and there's four very, very different and well-stylized kind of environments in the world. So it's, it's actually quite nice to see them all and they're, they're very pretty. Yeah. But the one thing that does annoy me a little bit about this is that, um, you can tell by playing it, we're playing it on a, a PS4 and you can tell that it was developed for PC. Yeah. And the port just isn't a hundred percent. The um, the controls aren't as polished as you'd kind of hope. But at the same time, for this genre, it, it does a decent job because it is a difficult genre to put onto a console anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, at this point, I think I'm going to go with about a probably three and a half. Um, nice, solid. Yeah, solid for a, a first game entry into the. Yeah, in, into this. Yeah. So good on them. Um, so we're going to jump straight into another one. This is a bigger title. Um, Matt's yeah. been playing this, and we did speak about the beta a little while ago. Yeah, we did. Um, You're not a fan. No. I was on the fence about it. Mm. So Marvel's Avengers. Yes. So that finally came out, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago now? Yeah. We're working through our backlog. Give us a break. Give us a break. <laughs> So, um, the premise is pretty simple on this one. It's the Avengers. So, um, shit's gone wrong. Yeah. You got the powers to fix it. Yeah. So, it's the general idea is that it's kind of like a Destiny style of game, like loot shooter Destiny mm -hmm. style. Um, but it doesn't quite hit the mark. It's almost closer to Anthem than it is to <laughs> Destiny. That's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's so a yeah. fall from grace. Yeah, way. it's it's yeah. not quite. It's like you aim for 
Destiny and end up at Anthem and you're yeah. like, it's still ah, okay. Shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a superhero game. You get to play as the Avengers. <clears throat> you can play as each of the different characters. The story is that the Avengers have this new sort of floating hovercraft thing um, heli carrier like what they have in the comics yeah it's called the chimera mm-hmm. and it's run on some special new energy source called terrigen and then somebody uh the yeah. big bad um fucks them over and causes the chimera to crash and the terrigen gas comes out in a gas form over san francisco the whole city is destroyed anyone who's normal human who breathes in the terrigen gas gets superpowers and they're called Inhumans. It's almost like the premise to start fucking DC Universe Online or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, for if you made an, an Avengers MMO, mm. you could let people do the DCUO fucking thing of creating their own character with yeah. whatever powers. Great premise. Mm. Worked really well in DCUO. In this, rather than let you play as all those, as like a randomized character, you get to play as the Avengers. And so the Terrigen Gas thing causes a big controversy and for some fucking unknown reason the Avengers are like yeah it's our bad we'll just disband and stop being around it sounds like they needed more than ever <laughs> yeah right wow. so and that if you look past that stupid plot hole it makes no fucking sense like Bruce Banner there's a bit and like spoilers if you don't want to hear about this story I'm not going to go deep past the intro but basically Bruce Banner is in like a senate hearing or something and they're like, do the Avengers pose a threat to society? And he goes, yes. And so then the Avengers get shut down. And it's all because they made this helicarrier with the gas fucking thing. Oh, yeah. And then it crashed. So they're not really posing a threat no, to they've society. they've already posed a threat and fucked it. And now... Yeah, the but compared to like all the good shit the Avengers did. Exactly. Forget all of that. You crashed one thing and destroyed a city. You bad. Even though it was a baddie who crashed the ship. The ship oh. was unsafe. It was like they didn't do a correct like OHS check hazard wow. assessment. <laughs> so, That's the worst. So then they're all like, fuck you, Bruce Banner, you dickhead. We had this dude was saying no. Exactly. And we said yes. He's like, yeah, well, we made a mistake and we have to own it. It's like, yeah, at the cost of what? <laughs> exactly. Now this fucking robot company that... So there's a company that took over Stark Industries. They're called AIM. And they're the ones who are your enemies throughout. And they basically use all Stark technology to make mm. these robots that patrol these cities and stuff. name, isn't it? AIM. Yeah. And they're like, fucking everywhere you go. Like, you're yeah. in, like, the middle of nowhere and there's AIM robots. You're like, how are you here? Yeah, exactly. The story is set four years after that crash. So they've had a bit of time to establish themselves yeah. and stuff. All the Avengers have gone into hiding. And your story is you playing as this girl, Kamala Khan who is one of the people she was at the Chimera. Sounds like a good cricket player. Yeah. yeah. She was at the Chimera for a um, for the A-Day, Avengers Day, which is when all the shit went down. It was the launch of this new fucking <laughs> it's thing. A-Day. A-Day. <laughs> they call it A-Day. Oh, it's terrible what happened at A-Day. And now, four years later, everyone hates the Avengers yeah, and shit. It fucking makes not very much sense. But mm. you look past it for the story. Yeah, okay. Um, so she's just a normal human. She's there because she's part of a fanfic competition. She wrote fan fiction about the Avengers and was one of the ones good enough to make it to the finals. And then they were going to announce who the best one was 
at a day at the Chimera thing. So she's there and like fanning out on all the fucking shit going around. And then she gets infected or whatever with the Mm. stuff. She becomes an inhuman and she has like stretchy arms and like can blow up her fists real big and shit like that. Cool. So you play as her primarily and Mm -hmm. then you sort of unlock the Avengers as they go on. Okay. Yeah. And um, so that's the story, right? Mm. Great idea for you to be able to play as the Avengers. And the way that the missions work is that. When you go into a mission, depending on some missions require you to play as like the Hulk or Iron Man or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But um, if it's just a regular old mission, like go here, find this computer or something like mm-hmm. that, you can pick who you want to play as. So you can play as any of the Avengers characters you've unlocked or as Kamala. Yeah. Now, so that's the general gist of how that game works out. Now, hmm. um, so you picture that in, so a Destiny slash Anthem kind of world. So Destiny and Anthem, you make one character. Yeah. You go out, you do missions, you find loot, you upgrade your armor. Yeah. You maybe get skill points depending on the game, upgrade your skills. Yeah. So in this, you have to find armor pieces. As you're playing, you find armor and shit for the character that you're playing as. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing as Hulk, you're finding armor pieces for Hulk and then you're leveling him up. Now... That doesn't work particularly well in the sort of Destiny Anthem style because at a bare minimum, you have like six members of the Avengers. So you've got six different characters that you're trying to balance the loadouts on Mm -hmm. so that they're all like growing in level. Because as you progress, the enemies get harder. You need to have the missions get harder. You have to be leveled up right or you're going to have a shit time. Yep. So... um, if you, That's kind of interesting. If you don't play as one character at all, and then you have a mission where it's their job, yeah, then they're going to be vastly underpowered yeah. for it, and that's a bit like it's poor design, basically. Um, apart from all that, like the story is actually quite compelling, mm-hmm. and playing as Kamala, Kamala's a really interesting character, and she's fun and lighthearted, and you know. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but I really am enjoying playing through the single player campaign. Now, the as the story gets better. Well, I mean, it's you got to look past that one plot point, but then the whole rest of the story is like reassembling the Avengers together okay. to yeah. take down AIM. Yeah. So it's a classic comic book story. Yeah. yeah. And it works really well, and the characters all um, are voice acted very well. They interact it makes well together. It's well written in that from way. From the beta, because that was one of the things that I really didn't like about the beta. Yeah. So, they sounded bored. Yeah. But the, well, the beta, the beginning of the game is the beginning of the beta with the where you're playing as all the Avengers on A-Day when the Chimera yeah. goes down. Yeah. Except that in the actual game, you get to play as Kamala prior to all that shit going down on the Chimera, oh, okay. walking around, exploring, and like meeting the Avengers one by one, just by chance, running into them and well, being like... They're like, oh, you wrote this fan fiction about the sewer lizards and whatever. And she's like, oh my fucking God, you actually read my fan fiction. <laughs> That's cool. And yeah. so it's like, presents her as this like massive fan of the Avengers. And then she yeah. ends up being the one who's like the linchpin that pulls them all back yeah. together. That's pretty cool. So it's yeah. really, a, it's really good in that. It's just the, the way that they got torn apart yeah. is stupid. <laughs> right mm-hmm. so the single player campaign is definitely the strongest part of this game and it kind of looks past the destiny fucking loot shooter stuff you have to do it but in yeah. terms of just enjoying the story you don't have to match make with other people 
or any of that, you can play through it solo. Yep. With um, AI as the other characters with you. Mm -hmm. It's about 12 to 15 hours, the story, depending on how much time you fuck around. So in each of the levels, it's a big open area that you can like run around and explore. There's not that much to find, Mm -hmm. but there is chests that have loot and collectibles. The one thing that I love about it, as I'm not a massive fan of Avengers, but I'm a massive fan of comic books in general, the idea of them. Yeah. And um, the collectibles that you find are like recordings which are your standard like recordings or blog journal oh, posts okay, and yep, shit like yep. that. But there's also comic books that you can find. Oh, that's cool. And you can't read the comic books, but you, it's like you're collecting the covers of them. Mm-hmm. And they're all real comics from history. Oh, that's good. So, mm. um, yeah, it's really interesting in that way as a fan yeah. to be able to... Because I used to read heaps of Marvel comics. That's I'm not right. a massive Avengers fan as per, mm-hmm. you know, but I like Hulk and I like Spider-Man and stuff like that. And it's cool to be able to find those collectibles and, and aim to try and fill up the yeah. collection. Yeah. So that's cool. But apart from that, there's not that much to, to find in the areas, but you can still spend a shitload of time bouncing yeah. around. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, replicating Anthem, the end game, is where the issues with this lie. Uh-oh. Um, so, like I said, the loot system is really complicated. There's various buffs and stuff that you get on armor pieces and items as you would expect. But mm-hmm. because there's so many characters, like I said, it gets really convoluted yeah. and you have to keep things balanced. Um, on top of that... In the, Does it make it easy to understand the balancing? Um, like, well, there's power. Your character has power. Okay, enough, so you like can see a, them in a lineup in a and number. go, well, this one's yeah. fucked and those are really powerful. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah. But the problem is that once you get to the end game missions... There's not really much direction in how in what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So I mean, there is a bit, but it it's not very. It's in the same way that Anthem did it, just not very interesting. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, I have to go and do this twenty times for this fucking yeah. mission chain, and you're like, what's the point? You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly gripping, in yeah. the, and that's exactly what Anthem was like. Mm. You know, you had to go and do stuff, but it was very bland yeah and yeah. repetitive which is where destiny was different like you could play those yeah. single player run throughs they just a felt thousand good. times yeah. and they still felt fun and refreshing yeah. and good yeah. yeah it does have the harm room which is like a ar sort of augmented reality challenge room yeah. where it sends waves of enemies against you so yeah. that can be fun but again reasonably repetitive yeah over time um I've read um, a lot about technical issues in the game, and obviously there has been because they just announced the latest patch. Yeah, which I thought was pretty amazing. Yeah, over a thousand bugs that were reported, which is a shitload of bugs. Now, I haven't run across any bugs while I've been playing, so I mean, I must just be super lucky. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was designed to run on a... PS4 1000 generation like yeah. the original console yeah. <laughs> and all the new ones just keep fucking it up yeah I've, but I've seen a lot of people complaining about issues with the mm. game so but it's similar to Anthem in that way as well in that not that Anthem was really buggy I mean it was yeah it was pretty buggy but, but in terms of this is a game that is out mm. it's playable but if like if they continue to support it for 12 months, it's going to be a completely different game for 12 months. And Destiny was almost the same. You know, when Forsaken Mm. came out for Destiny, that really changed the whole game and improved it. Yeah, it did. So, 
Um, but it wasn't broken and massively yeah. wrong at from launch. the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely think they're going to continue to support this because having Marvel is a massive thing for Square yeah, and Crystal Dynamics to have under their belt. Yeah. And they'll definitely dedicate... Plus, there's fuckloads of microtransactions that you can get in it. Yeah, so course. it's going to make them money. Well, that's so, the other thing as well. Like From a, a point of view of the Marvel brand, yeah. they would be pissed off if there's like just negative yeah. reviews and feedback. They will be very... Especially after off. the absolute fucking amazingness of spider-man yeah exactly yeah 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 so yeah that, that's going to be a big thing yeah i definitely think they're going to continue to support it though um i think the game's worth playing purely for the single player at this point mm-hmm. i haven't really given any time to matchmaking and co-op and the more multiplayer side of it because I just haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a massive backlog of shit to play. Exactly. But in terms of the single player and the game as itself, as I've played, I give it about a three out of five drop bears. Unfortunately, it's not. I mean, it's still it's, good. Yeah, but it's not. Um, yeah, beyond the single player, uh, I'm not sure how much time I'll give it now. Mm-hmm. Considering there are much more fulfilling sort of loot shooter games out there. If I wanted to play something like that, yeah, Destiny Two is free to play. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want a loot shooter, I mean, unless you really want to play Marvel's Marvel a Marvel game, but yeah, three out of five. All right, there you go. So if you like Marvel, not a bad title. A few plot holes, but not too bad. Um, Matt's also been playing another game. We're going to touch on, and then we will get into our last review. Mm-hmm. So, Wasteland Three. Yes. Now this game, I didn't think too much of it. I was like, oh yeah, I'll give it a crack. Um, RPG, it's from In Exile Entertainment, who've just been picked up, acquired by Microsoft yep. last year or the year before, um, around the same time that they picked up Obsidian. So Obsidian's game that came out all platforms was The Outer Worlds, which yep. has just had its first DLC come out. We'll be reviewing that on the next episode. But mm-hmm. In Exile, uh, also a major RPG developer. Yep. And this is their, presumably their last multi-platform game. Mm. And um, maybe PC and Xbox. Yeah, it'll be PC and Xbox. I mean, multi-console. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't really, I never played the previous Wasteland games. I was like, yeah, post-apocalyptic, that's been done Mm. a fair bit. Yeah, it has. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So I wasn't really looking, I wasn't too keen for it. I was like, yeah, I'll play it to review it, whatever. I'm actually really, really enjoying it. Wow. It's actually really, really good. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I haven't played the previous Wasteland games, but the general gist of this one is that you're a member of the Arizona Rangers, which is sort of a sort of paramilitary group. Like a, So the world ended in the early 2000s, late, I think it was 1998. There was wow. a nuclear war mm-hmm. and America gets wiped out but some areas survive. So what happened is in Colorado, they've got like NORAD and like missile defense systems and shit. Yeah. So Colorado survives partially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set, I think it's set about 120 or something years after the event. Wow. So different okay. factions have built up and there's sort of um, warlords and things like that. But generally the first two games, from what I can tell, is about the Rangers who are a group in Arizona. So at the beginning of this game, 
you've been sent from Arizona to Colorado because in Arizona, all your people are starving. You've run out of supplies, you don't have any food, starving oh, wow. to death. Mm. So this warlord guy named the Patriarch, in, who basically runs Colorado, has said, I'll give, I'll set up supply lines to Arizona for food and stuff if you agree to come and help me and be like, help me take control of Colorado. So he runs Colorado, but he's got three kids and their names are like Liberty and yeah. Valor. So and the patriarch has yeah, got these kids. Fuck off. It's fucking stupid. But his yeah. kids are like all sort of pissed at him or whatever. The daughter, Liberty, is the most, she's got like a big sort of military army that she's building up to try and take over. Wow. But the other ones are just sort of disruptive cunts. Mm -hmm. And so he wants you to... <laughs> he wants you to... Sorry, it's C-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants you to take... Well, basically, he doesn't want you to kill them. He wants you to stop their shit, but bring them in alive. Oh, okay. He's like, if you kill them, I'll be really fucking pissed because they're my kids. So don't kill them. But even though they're little shits, yeah, yeah, whatever. So um, basically, he says, if you come and help, I'll supply food so your people don't die. Sweet. So then you go, you and a bunch of your rangers friends go up there. You get ambushed. Pretty much everyone gets killed except for you and a couple of others. Yeah. You meet up with the patriarch, and he's like, "This is where your base is going to be. Set yourself up. Operate out of here. Here's where my kids are." help out around the area, build your reputation and stuff and like do the job that I've told you to do. Yeah. And so you get the base building stuff, you get straight into combat, which I really like mm. in the game. It teaches you all the tutorial shit. It's very easy to pick up yep. early on. It's a tactical RPG. So it's turn-based in the way that um, like Baldur's Gate and all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. that view sort of top. It's not really isometric. It's like a top down that you can zoom in and out. Okay, yep. yep. Um, but combat is grid, like XCOM. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but fully turn-based combat in XCOM style. Hmm. So it's pretty interesting in that way. And what I really like about, as we know, I really like CRPGs, which are like Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Pillars of Eternity. I just reviewed last week Pathfinder, mm -hmm. Kingmaker. So um, they're always really good, but one of the things that is problematic, as we know, is load times. Yeah. This game, great for load wow. times, which is really refreshing. Yeah. Right? It's very different. It keeps a lot of things simple. So all of those games are always PC games that have been ported to console. Yeah, true. And you can feel that like the CNC RPG is like computer role-playing games. Yeah. So when you play them on a console, it doesn't always translate perfectly. Yeah. In this one, they've done a lot of things that simplify it for uh, the console to make it really easy. So for example, so all the changes... So they're changing the C to console? Yeah, oh, maybe. Oh, tricky. Um, so things that it does... It, so it, it simplifies the CRPG style mm. to a level that hasn't been done before, but it also maintains the depth of what you want from a really good RPG. Awesome. The ways that it simplifies it is like the inventory. You have one inventory for all your characters. So if you go into inventory and you're like, fuck, I need a health potion, they're mm. not called health potions. It's like modern 
Yeah, but you know, if so you go in, pack. if you went into a fucking <laughs> yeah, something like that. If you went into an inventory in say Baldur's Gate, and you're like, I need a fucking health potion. Yeah, you got to go through all your different characters, find inventories, it and, then and then transfer it to the person. Yeah. So in mm-hmm. this, it's all in one, really easy. You just click on it, and it brings up a little menu saying, "Do you want to use it? Do you want to like yeah. put it in your quick use items, whatever?" Normal shit. Um, the skill stuff. When you the character creation right at the beginning, so you have to create two characters that are a pair, but you can have up to eight, I think, in your squad, wow. yeah. and you recruit people as you play. Mm-hmm. Now, the two that you can create, I tried to do the character creation to begin with, and then I just was like a bit overwhelmed because there's a lot of options and there's a lot going on there. Yeah, but as I've played it, I've realised that's really simple as well. It keeps it so there's like um, sort of sections in the skills. So there'll be like science type ones, personal, like yeah. they're not called this, but they're yeah, like separated. Yeah. So you'll have like stealth and lock picking and shit like that. It's all very simplified and it's just like segmented, a segmented bar that you just put a point in and it fills another segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really visually easy to look at, oh, that character has this, so I'll put them in my But squad. until you play the game, I find a lot of those quite difficult to know what to pick. Yeah. And that's because, why I yeah. just went, well, I want lockpicking because I fucking hate coming across lock yeah, shit. Yeah. And then I was like, pretty much I don't care about the rest. Yeah, yeah. And then once you get to that base building part really early on, mm-hmm. so you play through combat, it explains all that and it reveals like the way the world works, this humor, it's really gory and fucking hectic yeah. as you would expect a post-apocalyptic world to be. Mm-hmm. But then... It, very quickly you get into the base building stuff and recruiting people and then it sends you on missions that really very quickly explain how the world works and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to pick up as a new player, which I appreciate because some games, Pillars of Eternity, um, Torment, Tides of Numenera, these ones are all like really fucking complicated Mm. and there's lots of reading and exposition. Exactly. A lot of lore to understand. Yeah. So there's a lot of dialogue in this, but it's fully voice acted. Oh, that makes a huge difference. So you don't have to just Mm. sit there and read. They're talking to you, but also Mm. they don't ramble on too much. Mm -hmm. Like it's reasonably um, compact. What they they say what they need to say. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like you're sitting there going, fuck, stop talking. You know, mm. and then you get responses of a bunch of responses, and they for anything from like basically kissing ass, and kiss ass is one of the skills you can have. Oh wow! There's kiss ass, <laughs> which is I guess like charming people. Yeah. Um, hard ass, which is intimidating. Yep. Um, if you have first aid skills, depending on the situation, you you might have a, a dialogue option based on, you know, if someone's like, "Oh, that guy over there is dead," and you're like, "Well, I just checked the corpse," and you didn't fucking mention that it was he was poisoned. You said oh, he was wow. electrocuted based on your first aid skills and shit. Hmm. So, but the other good thing that simplifies that in, I don't know if you remember too much about playing Baldur's Gate, but if you had one character selected and you talked to someone with that character, it was as though that character was talking to them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that I am actually, to... I'm playing through it again on the Switch. Yeah. Very, very slowly. Yeah. And all the other games I'm playing. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but a lot of RPGs do that where the character that you're in charge of talks to them. And if yeah. you're talking to someone with, with that doesn't have character. an intimidation yeah, or something, you can't intimidate. Yeah. Whereas in this, it works on all of the skills of all of your people. 
Okay. So if you yeah. go up to someone and talk and you've got someone who's really good with first aid, then it'll open up that option. Or if you've got someone who's a high nerdy stuff skill, yeah. which is a skill. <laughs> so it's pretty not light, light in that way, yeah. um, which is good because the well, fucking actual kind of like subject fun matters. Because, yeah. yeah, it takes away that need to be extremely nitpicky. Yeah. Which is good. Mm. Like it just allows the and game like, to play. Say you're walking along in the world and there's a trap. Yeah. If you have someone who's high enough level to spot the trap, mm. it'll go trap spotted. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in Border Skate, I think you had to have your stealthy you person yeah. up front. Yeah. Whereas in this, it reveals it. Mm-hmm. And then if you click on the trap, it automatically sends the right person over to deal with it. Oh, cool. So um, that streamlines, mm. streamlines things quite a lot. And yeah. if you take out all of that kind of, um, kind of bullshit. Yeah. And just streamline a fucking RPG like that. You can really enjoy the story. Mm. You can really enjoy the voice acting that's really well done. The writing is um, succinct. Like I said, it, it doesn't fuck around with exposition and shit. Yeah. But it still tells you enough to be able mm. to play the whole game without having played any of the previous games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of references to the previous games in there that I just don't know. But it's not hindering my enjoyment of the game at all. I'm actually really fucking enjoying it. That's good. Um, and, you know, XCOM-style combat can be difficult. And it can, once you have a full squad, it can become really hectic yep. trying to manage everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, blood and guts go fucking everywhere. And this fires get started and your character will continue burning after combat. Wow. Um, I had a, early on, you get, you get the option to get a pet cat. It's called Major Tom. <laughs> and if he dies, I, I'm trying to remember what happened. It was like we got, I think we got poisoned or something. And the cat, I didn't know how to heal him. And then his health went down and then he just like exploded in blood oh, guts shit. everywhere. <laughs> wow. And then there's just like a blood stain on the ground. I'm like, where's my fucking cat gone? Yeah. Oh. Oh, bugger. Shit, reload. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but... Um, I've noticed some little bugs, like for example, because it's over the top view, when you move your character around, they usually turn the yeah, way you're pointing them. Yeah. So one of my guys just faces one way when he's walking. So if you're going the other way, he's like walking backwards. <laughs> so that's a weird one. Yeah. And like I restarted the game and that got rid of that. But oh, good. Um, <laughs> so I've heard a lot of people talking about having issues with the game crashing. Again, I don't know, maybe I'm just lucky. But I haven't had any crash issues with playing nice. it. Nice. Um, and none of the bugs have been anything to fucking complain right. about. They're yeah. just like funny ones. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, in general, the standout thing for me in comparison to other CRPGs, like I said, is the fucking load times. Yeah. Not having to sit there and twiddle your thumbs and go and make a cup of tea. Um, so, I mean, it's fun. It's really interesting. It actually makes me really think that Microsoft made a great decision picking these guys up. And I was talking to Carl about this the other day, how, you know, all the PlayStation first parties are all action-adventure. That's their thing, Mm -hmm. you know, or JRPG like The Last Guardian or Shadows of Colossus. But they're still action-adventure games, Mm -hmm. whereas... Microsoft have picked up in exile Obsidian who are making like, I don't know if Obsidian are ever going to go back. I think they're moving towards um, 
being like a Bethesda type yeah. 3D fucking thing. Sounds like. But if in exile keep making quality games like this, then Microsoft have really done a, a good job in acquiring them. So mm-hmm. basically, I'm happy to give this four and a half out of five. I think mm. it's fucking good. That's a big score mm. for these days. Well, we're going to jump on very quickly. Going to touch on another huge um, release. Remaster. A remaster. Another one. But we're going to be quick on this because it is a remaster and yep. we don't like remasters as a general rule. Well, I don't. Um, so Tony Hawk 1 and 2 uh, was released about two weeks ago now. Yeah. Roughly like two that. weeks ago. Um and for anybody who is of a, um, let's say, a, a more um, a, a more older generation that's been playing games for quite a while, yeah, will remember Tony Hawk as an absolute stellar game. Uh, when it came out, there was no like Tony Hawk One came out and just interrupted yeah. all other games. Yeah, you know, everybody needed to have it. Everybody wanted to play it. It was on the PS2 or was I it? I think it was 2, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it's the old like, game. It might have been PS1. It could have been. Like back PS1. then, skateboarding culture was so much, I mean, it's still around now, but yeah. like as it permeating modern, Yeah, exactly. Time, it was culture. a massive thing. It had gone yeah. from the, the, you know, the 60s and 70s where surfing became big and cool yeah. into the 80s and early 90s where we all... You know, wanted that idea of being yeah. gnarly and you know having yeah. the idea of, of surfing, but being able to skateboard was fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, and everybody we knew had a friend that skateboarded or was a skateboarder. Yeah, you know, and and that's just the way it was. Yeah, um, and Tony Hawk came out and smashed gaming out of the park. Like it, it really, it was up there with your FIFAs and, and, you know, games of today where you go, that's the pinnacle of where gaming is. It's beautiful. It's well worked out. It's really fresh. Tony Hawk was that at the time, even when it was brand new. Um, The, the design that they've done now, the, the remake, the remaster um, is fantastic. Visually. It's very like, yeah, I was talking just before about kingdoms of kingdoms of Amalur. Mm. Graphically, it's only a slight step up. Like, it still looks... You can tell it's dated. Yeah. Whereas Tony Hawk, it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it, it really fits today's release. Yeah. You know, and the, the character movements is perfect. Um, you know, I've all the found, animation and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I've found almost zero bugs in the game at yeah. all. And I've played a fair bit of it. You know, like, seriously, the, the whole idea is that you start off with a skate park type, you know, you got to do their missions to and their missions you have like, like a checklist of yeah, shit to do get. a backslide on a, a half pipe or you know score 10,000 points on one trick um, the majority of things just comes down to being able to link tricks together yeah is the majority of it really like yeah. if you can get a long grind and you can do five different tricks on that grind without falling over yeah. Um, and then you land it, you're going to get a good score and that's pretty much what happens in this game. Yeah. There's some people who get like crazy high scores yeah. but even without that, like it's really accessible for just random Joes to yeah. like pick it up and have a crack. And, and it's just fun. Yeah. Like it is really just fun. Nearly every single um, 
game that you're going to play within the game is around about a minute and a half. Yeah, about two minutes. Yeah, so it's not that difficult. Load times aren't ridiculous. Yeah. Um, going, you know, you finish a game, you press start again. It puts you back to the very start of the run. Yeah, you can just um, restart if you fuck up. And yeah. Back and, really and quick. Yeah, within like a couple of seconds, you'll be back to the start and you're yeah. off again. Um, there's no fucking around with this game. There's a fantastic soundtrack. A lot of the songs are pretty old. They've added in a bunch of new they ones have as added well, them, yeah. which is it. It, I feel like that's a really smart move that they've done with this as well because mm. skateboarding is almost it's pretty much timeless. Yeah, but it's not as permeating society as it used to be. But it brings a certain sort of indie modern side mm. to it to yeah. as a refresher. It's just it fits really well. It does. Yeah, and I and I have the feeling that what they've done is they've gone out to the skateboarding community, like the professional skateboarding yeah. community and said, just throw some songs at us. Yeah. You know, because we want them still to be a little bit raw, a little bit edgy, but authentic, but authentic to the genre. And yeah. they've nailed it. They really yeah. have. I haven't heard anything on that. That makes you kind of go, there's no fucking way a skateboarder is listening to this. Like yeah. the, the idea, the, the, you know, the concept of a skateboarder is a little bit, comes from kind of that idea of, um, you know, like the the anti-government, the anti-society, yeah. you know, but also at the same time, the, the willingness to destroy and also build beauty in environments. And, you know, it's like skateboarding and graffiti and yeah. you know, hip-hop music yeah, and thrash music and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, it all fits in that kind of darker youth of community, but yeah. not criminal yeah you know like that's the kind of the the concept of it skateboarding is not a crime yeah exactly but at the same time like it is a crime yeah because you fucking destroy anything that you need to skate on so yeah yeah. um but there's like you know it's very evident in this where you've got security guards driving around you know and they'll try and fucking run you over um you know there's golf buggies where their entire mission you know is to kill you while you're skateboarding and you get fucking knocked off your board and you go flying but an absolute breath of fresh air for gaming for me like i I am really enjoying just jumping in and just going wow i get to skateboard again um i used to skate when i was a kid or teenager yeah um i skated for years and years and years one of my best mates is a professional skateboarder owns a fucking skateboarding brand like to this day like that's still what he does um, and I, I'm very passionate about skateboarding. I love it. And yeah, it's really, really nice to have another skateboarding game. But at the same time, it's really nice to have the same skateboarding yeah. game, but just good again. Yeah. You know? And I'm loving it. So as a remaster, I'm fucking in love with this remaster yeah. compared to all the others. Yeah. Um, it's hard to give it a score really, but yeah. I'm going to give it a five out of five yeah it, it really nails everything that it used to be it doesn't it hasn't become pretentious it hasn't fucked up the genre it's yeah. still really solid potentially against other five out of five games maybe it doesn't stack up but for what it is yeah it's definitely a five out of five yeah yeah it doesn't really have any issues no definitely not and it's yeah. fun yeah well, and you can just pick it up and play it yeah exactly so, and I mean, even if you shit of... at it like you yeah. get to figure it out and you can yeah. just do little things like if you were to go and stand on a skateboard in the street now and try and do a kickflip, you'd, you'd probably f- fucking kill yourself. Break your arm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but in this, you can just go, 
oh fuck, I just did a kickflip. That's yeah. awesome, you yeah. know. And yeah, it's it's kind of fun, and other people standing around can actually watch it and go, that's a cool game. Yeah, yeah. and then it's so short in terms of how long the levels are that you can pass it around, play it as a Easily. group game as yeah. well. Yeah. So like trying to beat your score or just do something fucking wild. Yeah. Um, in terms of skate skating games, I generally prefer Skate 3, but that was like a decade at Later. least after yeah. this. Yeah. And for what it is, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 were like they started it all. Yeah. Skate wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Tony Hawk. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah um, as a piece of history of video gaming, Tony Hawk is like, mm. you know, it's an else? essential for yeah. a catalog. It's for right sure. up there. Yeah. And it's great to see them, to see a good Tony Hawk game. Because they kind of went off the rails a bit in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, stick with what's fucking good. Yeah. So, they've managed to do that. But, yeah, Mm. I guess we're going to wrap it up there. Yeah, that's pretty much the show. Um, If you have any comments or, you know, you have any thoughts on the games that we've been talking about or you want us to review anything specific, you can send us a message at... Podcast at dropbeargaming.com. <laughs> I love this wrap up. Like, we've got it down pat. So, yeah. good. Um, you can also tweet us or drop a fucking. Probably don't tweet us. No. I mean, we have Twitter, but we yeah, don't. Yeah, we really don't look at that it. shit. Um, you can send smoke signals. Carrier pigeons are coming back, yeah. apparently, I've heard. Um, mm-hmm. And you get a dinner out of it, too, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Delight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. thank you very much for listening. We're going to wrap it up there, and we will be talking to you again soon. Catch you later. Bye.